your favorite podcast, Death Star D, with your hosts, Adam Olson, Jarris Hobbs, and Trevor Wynn. Hey, everybody. Hi, Trevor. Ooh. Hello. Jarris? Hey, how are we? Uh, I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm doing great. I'm riding my high horse. You know, this I'm doing was terrific. <laughs> Way to speak up. Um, this was a good weekend, wasn't it? Great weekend. Do you know what I did Saturday night? Um, no. I, went, I do. I do. I do. I went to a fancy dinner. Mm-hmm. I had uh, crab stuffed. Um, halibut. What? Yeah, it was halibut stuffed with crab. What do they just like feed the halibut a bunch of crab bits and then cut it up, or how do they, <laughs> how do they make that happen? Oh man, he was stuffed. Uh, and I came home, and let me tell you, let me describe what happened when I came home. I was in, uh, uh, so I was in, you know, my car, and my phone just starts blowing up with texts. Oh my gosh, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Oh my gosh. And I, I realized, oh my gosh, what is, what is going on with the BYU game? So I look at the, I look at ESPN and um, BYU is up. So Late. this is you coming clean on not watching the game. This is me, like it's a roundabout way of coming clean that I didn't watch the game live. <laughs> live. Live. Because well, can I'm I just thinking, tell you what like, I did to watch the game? Well, no, let me get real here for, for a second. I was just thinking, and, and punish me. I mean, I mean, this is the wrong way of thinking, I'm sure. But I was thinking, okay, I'll, I'll catch the replay because BYU's not going to win. Yeah. I sent an email earlier that day that said, oh, I wish I could read the email because I thought it was cleverly worded. But it said <laughs> something like, Will BYU win? And the answer to that question is my next question. How much will we lose by? Or something like that. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, I thought we'd just get blown up. It's so interesting how the tables turned on this game because, if you recall, I sent an email. I know. saying, my head tells me that we'll probably lose, but my heart believes that we'll win. And I believed that we were going to win so much the fact that my grandfather's wife, Betty, died, and we had the funeral this this weekend, this past weekend. Rest in peace, Grandma Betty. And the whole family was hanging out, eating dinner, like extended cousins, the whole crew. And I had this early, early morning flight the next morning, so I was going to stay in a hotel by the airport. It's about an hour and a half from my parents' house. And the second dinner ended, everyone was hanging out. And I said, hey, guys, sorry, got to go. And blew off the whole family so that I could get to the hotel as early as possible to be able to watch the game. Well, first off, don't pretend like you wanted to hang out with your family anyway, right? I mean, you're talking extended cousins. Whatever. Max, my cousin Max, he was a pedicab driver in in Denver. You telling me pedicab drivers don't have awesome stories? I wanna, I wanna be. I thought I was the person who invented pedicabs. I really did. I thought I was gonna bring it to Salt Lake City while I was a teacher and do that during the summer. Then I realized there's a ton of them, and I didn't invent anything. (laughs) But here's what I'm saying: 
Can you really blame me for feeling that way? I mean, when is, the, when is the last time you have been surprised by BYU in a good way? You know? Well, I wasn't surprised because I believed it for this game. That's true. I get your point. Of all people, I understand. That's true. But listen, guys, I am – I mean, that was an amazing game. So, like I was saying – my phone starts blowing up. I look that I look and see that we're up seventy-one to seventy with one and a half seconds left, and I was just able to get home and turn on my TV to see Ryan Andrus make the two free throws that sealed the deal. You mean you're talking about Iceman, right? Iceman Ryan Andrus, <laughs> ice in his veins, cold-blooded, just no mercy. I can. I mean. That's, I thought those were big time, right? That's big time. Dude's a, dude's a true freshman, and he steps up to the line against the number three, number two team in the, in the country. First time he touches the ball all night. <laughs> First time he touches the ball all night. <laughs> Probably and, all season. I don't even know this guy. Yeah. That was sweet. That was a cool game, man. So we beat Gonzaga, and that's, this is what I'm talking about, right, for our first, uh, like our first segment. We each have a segment. This is, mine is officially the BYU-Gonzaga game. We beat number three Gonzaga on their court, ending their 500-game winning streak, whatever it was. This is, I mean, this is huge because this was, I mean, I think this was the longest home winning streak in the country. Yeah. Um, We've been there before in the Marriott Center. Yeah. Um, This was a huge game for them, ruining their perfect conference um, record ruining their probably ruining their number one seed in the tourney, and it probably is going to get us into the tournament. I mean, this oh, was yeah. this was gigantic, and and I I didn't get it at the time. You know, like like it took until the game was over for me to understand how great this win was. Did you guys know? Shifting gears here quickly. Did you know that our biggest loss of the season? Was to Gonzaga at our place by seven points. Yeah, a game that I thought we were going to win. So we've lost eight times this season, and all of them have been seven points or fewer. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Yeah, it is. So, <clears throat> I mean, granted, some of them were really bad losses, but here's what I'm at. Here's where I'm at right now. I think BYU is a lock to get in the NCAA tournament. And hold on to your butts. I think we're going to win a game. Woo-hoo-hoo. A game in Dayton or a game? Uh, no, we're not the first first four in, or first round. What do they call that round? The, the play-in game. Play-in. We're not going to be a play-in I game. don't think they call it the play-in game anymore. I think it is the first round, which is, yeah, but that's what I which is stupid. Yeah, I, I think we're going to get in the tournament. I think we're going to win a game. I think we are playing some good basketball. You know, I, I think we just play to the level, right? That's what we are. We'll, we'll <clears throat> rise up and play against hard against anyone or soft against softies. Yeah. You know yeah. that's kind of so. Hopefully, we pray, play somebody really tough, right? Yeah. So I want to um, I want to thank some people, Oscar style. Um, first of all, I want to thank Skylar Halford. Mm, it's a gamer. What happened to this guy? Where did he come from? Who is he? He's Dobby the house elf. Someone gave him a sock, and he uh, he <laughs> went off. <laughs> I'll tell you guys. Harry Potter reference. Yeah, right. I thought I thought Halford was a waste of a scholarship. You know, I couldn't I couldn't take him. 
he was a chucker. He was erratic. He was. He was a little crazy. He was a little crazy, and and man, I'll tell you what, he has completely turned it around. He has become one of our guys, like one of our go-to, legit, scoring threat guys. You know, he has become was, nails all of a sudden. He's hitting threes. He's money on the free throw line. You know, I was listening to Greg Rubel on the drive up to my hotel. So, like, uh, most of the first half I was listening to just on the radio <clears throat> in the car. And he was talking about, I don't remember the actual numbers, um, but he was talking about Skylar Halford's attempts and makes on three-pointers in league play. And I did the quick math in my head because Rubel never actually said the percentage, but it was like 54 55% from wow. three on the year in uh, WCC play, which is unbelievable. He is, but he's been playing so good. Like, I can't You know what I love about him, too? He's just, because he's a little crazy, he's a spark. He runs around on defense. He might not even be good on defense, but he's running around and up in people's grills, and I just feel like he brings an element that Hawes maybe doesn't from an intensity level. Even Collinsworth sometimes. Collinsworth is awesome, but he just kind of has... Maybe a little bit of a lackadaisical feel to the way he plays. He's got NOS. He's running on NOS. He, he, yep, total NOS. He just hits the NOS and goes. Boom. Um, not to not to like uh, derail the conversation, but you mentioned Collinsworth. How about the offensive rebound? Like the putback at the oh, end? Yeah, right. Yeah. That right there was like, that was what you were talking about with Skylar Halford. Halford. He, um, like he he just pretty much said, "There's no way this ball's not going in." Yeah, he missed it that one time. Weaseled his way in there to grab the rebound and put back, and it was yeah. very amazing. Halford was huge. Uh, Collinsworth was huge. Andrus with his two big free throws at the end that was huge. Dave Rose, give credit to Dave Rose, man. He completely outcoached. Totally, Mark Few like. He completely outcoached Mark Few. There was a time in, in the second half when Mark Few just had, had to like throw up his hands and be like, "Okay, we'll play your game. I'll take out my big guys. We'll put in guards." Yeah, how about that? That was kind of cool. We'll see how this happens because he he just could not uh, he couldn't get an advantage with his his big dudes over our over our little small guards. It was really actually really cool to see. I think this was Dave Rose's best coaching performance as a BYU coach. Think about what he did. He just outcoached the number three team in the, in the nation, who, let's be honest, is a lot more talented position by position than BYU across the board. They got two seven footers. They're just they are a better more Sabonis. <laughs> Master it's, Sabonis. <laughs> it's on the road. When we have to win, I mean, we absolutely have to win to have a tournament shot. If we lose that, we are done completely a lock to be out. And if we win, have to win. It's on the road. And your biggest score in BYU's all-time leading score is just laying an egg. Yet, he, he made all the right moves and got enough other people to step up and play well enough to win. I just think it was... I couldn't be happier. You know how I was on the fence on Dave Rose? This got me back off the fence. I know I'm a little willy-nilly, but it was truly impressive what he did in that game. And I feel like as much as I have felt that Dave Rose has gotten outcoached many times in the past, 
It was the exact opposite. Well, Saturday. yeah, you said you're willy-nilly because it's been a willy-nilly season, you know? It has been. I mean, we lose to Pepperdine, we lose to San Diego, but then, yeah, I mean, beating Gonzaga, that kind of, that's a big deposit in the Dave Rose Bank. Totally. So, man, that was awesome. That was, it was pretty rad. You know, I think one one thing, so they, they kept flashing this thing that said we hadn't beat this is the highest seeded team that we've beat since we beat uh, number two. I don't know. I can't remember exactly UCLA. the stat. UCLA in 1981. Yeah, 1981 yeah. But it didn't feel like the biggest game since 1981, right? I mean, that's not our biggest. That's not our biggest win in 30 years, right? No. That's okay. up there. I get texted after the game. I. With all due respect to Gonzaga, they don't feel like the number three team in the country. No. And, and I kind of had that impression when we played them the first time. Right, What's yeah, that? right. Yeah. Well, and that whole San Diego State when they were four and we were seven. That seems like the way bigger game. Yeah. Both of those San Diego State games that year seemed like a bigger deal. And that, they seem, for whatever reason, like a more legit top five team. I don't know what it is, if it's just that Gonzaga, it almost feels like they've just kind of moved up there by default. They feel like, you know, like one of the non-AQ you know, teams in football that just, like when Northern, you know, Iowa Northern Illinois is winning all their games in the MAC in football. Right. Like, yeah, they're they're going to be top ten just by default. But I'm glad really... you brought that up because it seems like that's the WCC for you. You know? Yeah, careful, you guys. That's you're burning the bridge that we have to walk over. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, exactly. But it just does seem like the WCC for you, where. Um, San Diego State and UNLV seemed like legit opponents. And when they were ranked in the top 10, it seemed like a big deal. Whereas Gonzaga and St. Mary's, when they're in the top 10, it seems like, uh, you know, I'm not as afraid of them and I'm not as impressed by them. And I don't know, maybe that's wrong of me, but I don't know. It's still a great win. Still a great win. Unbelievable, unbelievable win. Awesome. So, okay, sorry, I kind of went over. That was my thing. Trevor, what's your thing? Well, mine kind of comes out of a conversation that happened as a result of the game. You know, the game, as great as the victory is now in retrospect, in the moment, yeah, it was kind of hard because we had this 8-10 to point lead. We piddled it away. Oz missed two free throws at the end that could have sealed it, and he just missed them. Can you remind me, what was it? Were we up by three at that moment, and he could have put us up by five? Is that what it was? Okay. It was 72 to 69, and he was on the free throw line. Yep, and he missed them both. No, 71-68. Yeah, sorry. But he missed them both, and we fouled, and then they made their two, so we were up one. No one, Andros, sealed the deal. (laughs) Um, Well, sort of sealed the deal. Let's call it not totally sealed the deal, because that three-pointer was Almost, (laughs) and there's no way we're winning an overtime. (laughs) No way. Well, and that's where because it was just we just barely hung on, and our air quotes best player just stunk up the joint. It didn't feel it was maybe hard to be as ecstatic. It was kind of a oh a sigh of relief rather than jubilation. 
So there were some text messages going around afterwards with the two of you and a couple of other friends. And um, one of the comments made was like, hey, quit being like you guys aren't real or me, especially specifically. Hey, you're not a fan because you're down on the team. We'll just enjoy the win. So I guess my question to you guys is, what does it mean to be a fan? Is it okay to be grumpy as a fan? Or do you have to just be all rainbows and roses to be a real fan? Yeah, I yeah, I'm afraid to say too much because I'm afraid it will reveal a little too much about myself and how I've let I've let it slip a little bit, you know. Here's my thing. I I um this has been one of the grumpiest years of my whole life regarding BYU fanhood, you know, like I think everyone around me knows that BYU football and sometimes BYU basketball has disappointed me a lot lately, but I think that's because I'm such a big fan, you know, that I've, that I've been so unsettled and, and so, I don't know, at times whiny or negative or something, because I mean, BYU, that's like, that's my team, you know, part of your identity. That's the only, I know Adam Olson. That's the, uh, well, and, and besides the fact that they're the team that I root for, I mean, that's the, where I went to school and, and I have like a really like deep um, commitment to BYU, and I love BYU. But it's like I live—I live in Provo, Utah, and I don't have a professional team to cheer for. I mean, I have the Jazz, so I cheer for the Jazz. But you know, in every other sport, BYU is my team. They're my football team. They're my basketball team. They're my baseball team. They're—you know—they're all of my sports. And I want BYU sports to excel at the highest level you know and i don't i don't want to just watch a game for entertainment you know i want them to be a part of the national conversation i want them to go in and beat really good teams and win championships and you know and so as a natural part of that i yeah you're darn right i get frustrated when they make terrible coaching decisions or player decisions or I don't know. I mean, am I am I kind of on along your same line of thought here, Triz? Well, yeah, I think you're you're spot on with how I feel about it. Is people that aren't fans become apathetic when the team isn't doing well. Talked to a guy this weekend, and he was telling me, "Oh, I just don't think BYU graduate actually was an athlete at BYU, and I just don't think BYU is ever going to be really that good at uh, football." I'm like, "Oh, well." Well, who do you cheer for? He's like, uh, I cheer for USC more. Hmm. I'm like, okay, who's the bandwagon fan in this situation? You know, and to me, that's the that's not a fan. I would rather be a guy that shows up to the games wearing, you know, a paper bag on his head and criticizing and being angry and grumpy to get the team better than the guy that just checks out and goes and roots for another team. And although sometimes I may err to the side of the grumpy, as the few listeners of the podcast know, (laughs) I I will have lower lows because the non-fans in my mind, they check out and they just move on. They go find something else. Oh, it's entertaining, but we lost whatever. They move on. I will go low. But then when we have the great victories, I feel like I will have higher highs. 
and I will be the one that travels to games. I will be the one that stays up until one in the morning, two in the morning to watch games on the East Coast, even though we may lose the game and I'll be angry about it. I just I feel like it's okay to be down on your team and you can still be a fan. Now, there is a line that you cross where you become kind of just a grumpy, horrible fan, but a fan nonetheless. Yeah, you know, and to kind of share my, my – I'm kind of in a different boat. Like, I feel like I've had a major slip in fanhood, and it's mostly on accident. Um, my – I can't figure out how to watch these games anymore. Like, I want to go to the games, but getting there is kind of hard. They've got, like, 8 p.m. games. They've got games that are at a weird time. And then – for the other side, I don't have the channels that the games are on. The other day, BYU was playing San Diego on Friday, on Thursday. Portland. Portland. See what I mean? <laughs> I had gone, um, my wife was working, and I had my kids, and I took them, um, and I went and watched a high school basketball game. On the way home, I stopped at my sister's house, and my brother-in-law says, are you listening to the game? I didn't even realize there was a game. And you know what I mean? And I, like, feel really bad about this. I don't think I've lacked in my fanhood of sports. But for some reason, my BYU fanhood has taken a major hit. And I don't know what, what to attribute it to and, and really how to get it back. Somebody help me. I can attribute it to a couple of things. Tweet, One, tweet Jarris and help him get his fanhood back. Don't tweet me, though. Send me an Instagram. I don't look at Twitter anymore. <laughs> Is one, Jarris, it's been a dark, hasn't been a dark era of BYU in the, like, Croton era um, usage of the word, but it's right. dark in that it's, we've been really mediocre. So it's been really hard to, um, Get overly worked up negatively or positively about the, the team. So there's a lot of apathy out there. Second, you're growing up. You know? I know. You've got huh? kids. You're becoming an adult. Maybe eventually by the time you're 40, you can say, hey, I'm an adult. Yeah, right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Because I'm with you. Of, I, I have been a little bit more apathetic. I totally could have gone to the game on Thursday night. I was in Portland. And... I would have had to rearrange some stuff. And, uh, you know, 2007 Triz, totally would have. 2015 Triz, eh, I had some work stuff and I just TCB'd instead. But I think that that kind of goes back into this, like, what it means to be a fan. Do I have to watch every game to be a fan? Do I have to, um, you know, go to games and make sure that I spend the $100 a month to have the channels, or tell my wife, hey, you put the kids to bed tonight. I'm going to go to a friend's house and watch this game. Like, Or can I be a fan who just loves BYU almost unconditionally and still not really have any idea who's on their team, who they're playing, <laughs> um, what the score was the night before? Like, can like can you do both? Like, what's the deal? Here's my I, here's something I want to say. So that's a great question, by the way. That is, I I just I don't, especially now in my in my thirties, I don't buy into this whole I am duty bound to 
follow my team. You know, like, I, I'm a fan by duty. I don't buy that, right? I mean, I think... I mean, it's, uh, to speak I don't to what understand you're... That. I don't totally understand what you're saying there. Because I, I feel like I have no choice but to be a b Like, I, there's no option for me. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying, the minute you start going to games because you feel like you have to... Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like, oh, uh, well, I... You know, if I if I'm honest, I would rather stay home. But I'm going to go to this game because I have to. You know, I'm a I'm duty bound to go to this game. Okay. Or I'm duty bound to watch this game, even though I'd rather go out. Or you know, like you are no, you are under no obligation to watch BYU. You are no under you are under no obligation to attend BYU games. If you are honestly like unsatisfied or something you'd rather do, go do something else. I mean, put the pressure on the team, on the school, on the institution to give you a product that you want to watch, that you don't want to miss. You know what I mean? Like, don't put that burden on yourself as a fan. I, I just, if, if BYU is relying on fans attending out of duty, you know, or supporting the team out of duty, then that's, that's not sustainable. That's not a long-term solution. They've got they've got to meet us instead of the other way around. Sometimes Bronco acts like it is the fans' duty. Easy, they, buddy. I'm just saying. <laughs> but here's what I would say. I guess to to answer your question, Jairus, of like, can you just be a fan and love BYU unconditionally and not pay attention to anything? I would say yes. I would say it's no one's place to determine what someone else's fanhood is. If to me being a fan means I get really mad at the team when we lose and even sometimes when we win, that's okay because I care about BYU. I would say that's my only maybe underlying requirement is you have to care and you have to love BYU. If you're the person that when BYU's not doing well, you go and get another favorite team, then to me – I Ross cut Mitchell. you off my list. You're dead to me, and I stab you in the <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what? I think that's a good point. I think, I think the fact that let's say you never watch another BYU sporting event again, I feel like you could still be a true fan if that's you never watch any sporting event again. You know what I mean? If you don't go trade your team for another team like i i to me like the fanhood goes deeper than your actions you know it's it's kind of your ingrained in you and i am a huge byu fan and if i were in let's say i don't know portland or or washington and i found out oh byu soccer's here this night and I didn't know anything about the team, I would walk into that stadium cheering with my whole heart for BYU. Um, I think that kind of, you know, is is where I'm at with my fanhood. They just have to be first place in your heart. Right. And how you express that, to me, is somewhat irrelevant. If you want to be like our one friend, who I won't name, S. S. <laughs> and it's all rainbows and roses and everything's great and I'm always happy and I Hold never on though. To be fair, he's not always happy. I've seen that guy pretty frustrated about coaches, players and things. That's like true. That. That's true. But it's just also he can't tell me that I can't be frustrated with Tyler Hawes, who's supposed to be our best player, 
taking a dump in the middle of a game that's the biggest game of his life. That's really what he did, huh? Yeah, he totally just took a dump out of me. You know that whole break where they had to like, <laughs> clean the floor forever? He probably pooped his pants. <laughs> I mean, really, I feel bad in saying it, but if you miss those two free throws to ice the game, no matter who you are, but especially if you're the star, somebody who's now like going to be... You are be... the all-time leading scorer, right. the best free throw shooter in the history of the program. And probably top, like, three or four free throw percentage in the country. I know. That that is nothing but choking. It's not because you're not good. It's not because you don't have the talent or you haven't put in the practice or your mechanics aren't right. It is choking 100%. Yeah. 100%. Doesn't it feel like Jimmer should, like, drop a big anvil on his head (laughs) after he missed that second free throw? Well, and that's where, not to get negative here, but... Tyler Hawes isn't a gamer. I love the guy. I think he's awesome, and he's just not a gamer. Kyle Collinsworth is without question the best player on this team. Absolutely. No question. No No question. No question. We lose Kyle Collinsworth, and we are a below 500 team. We lose Tyler Hawes, and maybe instead of losing eight games, we've lost 10, 12. Well, we lost him on Saturday and we when we won. Exactly. Sometimes I feel like we would, this is, this might be blasphemous, but sometimes I feel like we would be better without Tyler Hawes because we wouldn't try to force our entire offense through him. Um, He's on the court. I'm going to stop you there. I don't know, man. (laughs) Let's let's give him well, some credit. I mean, no, he's really good. But let's let's stop short here. <laughs> we force. There are times where we would be better if Tyler Hawes wasn't on the court. I'll say that because when he's not playing well, we continue to force the ball to him and force the offense through him. Where if we ran the offense more through Kyle Collinsworth, we'd have a lot more other players involved that would do a lot better. Um, now, when Tyler's on, there's nobody else we should be running the ball through. Give, just give him the rock. Force it and give him the rock because we don't know what else to do, though, when he's not on. Okay, really quickly, we need to go on. We need to move on. We are we have not been very good about our 10-minute time limit. I've been okay with that. This is a big monumental moment. This was, yeah, it deserves a little, a little extra. Can I ask another quick question uh, related to the game? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> Who is going? Wait, who is going to be and who should be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year? Oh, I can't answer that. It's going to be Tyler Haas. It should be Kyle Collinsworth. Thank you. And I don't think it'll be Tyler Haas. It'll be someone on good. It'll be Pingos. I bet. Pingos or Sabonis. <laughs> Sabas. We completely destroyed Kevin Pingos. By the way. Hey, how cool? Yeah, how good did it feel to have him not just hit? 15 threes. Did you not just kind of keep waiting for it? Oh, man. When we were up by 10, I just kept thinking, how do we not win? All the while thinking, I don't think we're going to win. <laughs> well, the, the, the announcer said it best. He's like, you know, if you're Virginia and you're up by 10, yeah. it's like you're up by 25. If you're BYU and you're up by 10, it's like you're up, it's like you're up by three. You know? And I, that's exactly how I felt. I couldn't have said it better myself. And they started. And that actually has nothing to do with BYU's offense or style of play, in my mind. It just has to or BYU. That's what we do. <laughs> well, it, could be, it could be basketball. It could be football. It could be water polo. It could be gymnastics. I don't care how big the lead is. We are probably going to blow it. This is why. Well, we had a, we had a little fit there where – 
we went down and we for three straight positions or um, possessions didn't even hit the rim. And I thought, oh boy, here, you know, this is, oh, we had air balls, we had steals, we had all sorts of turnovers or whatever. The 24 second shot clock violation. How about yeah. that? Can I, can I tell oh, you? I was I screaming woke. in my room watching this, screaming. They had just called a timeout with like four seconds on the shot clock or something. And they go run this like high school waste the clock offense. And it was like, I'm screaming, clock! 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 Guys, there's eight seconds left on the shot clock. Here's the play we're going to run to make sure we can get a good shot. Right? And it's just, they did this bob and weave, bob and weave. And with like three seconds left, instead of hoisting up a prayer, somebody passes the ball to somebody with their back against the basket. And I thought, how's he going to hit that shot? And then he just pulls it out. Refs are touching the top of their heads. At that moment, there was a lot of, oh, geez, we're totally going to blow this. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy. Okay, let's move on. Move on or just go? <laughs> Jared, really quickly, Jared, tell tell the fans what we did this week that was so Adam fun. and I did something that was very amazing. And if anyone ever doubts my fanhood, I'm going to point to this. Maybe I'm lacking in my fanhood to BYU, but not my fanhood to sports. Adam and I took a personal day, you know, and we, on Tuesday, right? Tuesday? Yeah. And we went down to Ogden and we watched the f- opening round of the 4A high school state basketball tournament. We sat through seven straight high school games, starting at 9.30 and ending at about 9 o'clock p.m. It was 12 hours. It was over 12 hours of basketball. And it was beautiful. It was glorious. Best vacation day I've taken in probably one full year. Seriously, we parked it, the event center, we parked it on the third row... And we watched high school basketball for 12 hours, and it was seriously so dang fun. We're talking about uh, the Kearns Cougars. Talking about two overtime, two double overtime games. Talking about my alma mater, Timpanogos High School. In double overtime, and they uh, lost. We're talking about a game-winning shot from Zach Selyus, future BYU small forward, against Murray. Game winner. From about four feet behind the three-point line. We were right there. Happened right in front of us. The, um, light, the light in the backboard went off as the ball was in the air. That kind of, that kind of game winner. We're talking um, high school drill teams every halftime. And the cheerleading team. And cheerleaders. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> It was rad. It was so much fun. This is like the best week of the year, the high school basketball tournament. It's so much fun. These high school games are a blast. The crowds come and just are wild and nuts. They kind of remind me of Utah State crowds, which bothers me, but they are. Utah State's kind of high school-esque. Yeah, right. (laughs) Maybe that's what I can't. You know, it's funny. I can't figure out if Utah State mimics high schools or if high schools mimic Utah State. I'm hoping it's, you know, 
the high school's mimicking, but I'm starting to wonder if it's not just <laughs> yeah. Utah State just uh, mimicking high school. Hey, guys, we did this cool thing in high school. Let's try it out here, see hey, what happens. Seriously, you know the whole winning team, losing team? Yeah, they all do that, yeah. every single yeah, one of them. Yeah, but my high school was doing that back in 1999. <laughs> wow. So it ain't Utah State did not invent that stuff. <laughs> well, anyway, it was it was a beautiful night, and... and um, and I took I took away a few things. Number one, even though I think being a referee would be awesome, um, well, no, maybe that's the wrong thing. Even though I think it, I want to be a referee, it would be the the least cool thing in the world, and you'd want to kill yourself after you. Yeah. Those those guys get ripped apart, and they suck. Okay. Uh, so. You both know I play basketball. I played in high school. I was awesome. Here we go. Et cetera, et cetera, right? A lot of just building my credibility. Yeah, you were great. I played a lot of basketball. You're you know, a really, really good basketball. I feel player. like I understand the game pretty well. I am quite possibly the worst official in the history of basketball. I am so, so, so bad. I once refed. Um, a young men's church ball league for one game. And I was, I had parents screaming at me. <laughs> Everyone was so mad. I wouldn't blow the whistle. I didn't know when to call a foul, when not to call a foul. And I know what a foul is when I'm playing, but when I'm watching it, they were getting so mad at me. I never came back. Well, then fast forward about 10 years. I met uh, my, my now wife, the girlfriend at the time, She's playing in a Salt Lake City women's church ball league. So just imagine what type of competition this is. A non-competitive church ball women's league. And no refs show up to the game and I'm there to watch. So then, of course, who do they look to? Hey, Leslie, can your boyfriend ref? So I get out there in jeans and a bowling shirt, put a ref shirt on over the top, and I had girls yelling at me by halftime. I mean, we're talking at halftime, they're in the, the timeout, and some of them that showed up later didn't realize that I was Leslie's boyfriend. Like, oh my goodness, this ref is terrible. And they're going off on the ref in the huddle as the team. And I just, I have decided that if I ever get asked to ref, I don't care what the circumstance is, I will not do it. Does not matter. The game, if, they, if the game has to get forfeited, I will not ref. I'm over it. <laughs> It's crazy how bad I am. I think it must, it must be harder than it looks because we we saw one of the biggest blown calls in the history of the world. Um, it appeared to be a no, blown call. It was not appeared. It was so okay. Let me set the stage just for a second. Then I have to go back to, to you know back to my life. Um, <laughs> mer- there, there's like two point five seconds left or three point five seconds left. Um, Bountiful, the team that, that won on this buzzer beater, inbounds the ball from, you know, the other side of the court. It's tipped by a Murray guy and then tipped by a Bountiful guy. And the refs missed it. So not only did they get the ball back, which they never should have done, now they get it at half court and they were able to pass it in and get a good look. Otherwise, that game would have been over. So the refs not only blew the call, but then gave them the best possible situation for them to win the game it's like yeah they advanced the ball half and it just sucks because like i was thinking about these murray players who went home and then you know 
that like Bountiful ended up winning the state championship, and it's like they beat all the teams they beat after this were all a cause of this one blown call, you know? What? Yeah, supposedly a blown call. We don't know. Adam, it it looked that way. We were it's, five it's, feet. Being a ref is hard. I believe it. I'm just saying. Stars. I understand that it's hard, and I don't really blame the ref. Well, I do, I guess. But I understand that it's hard, and I. I might have missed that call as well, but it just I just kept thinking about how bad it sucked that they shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? They shouldn't have been there the rest of the time, and it's just kind of... It, but they proved, of, they proved that they were... They deserved it. I mean, they, they just... Bountiful just blew out every other team. They, they, won, they beat every other team by a ton, but it's just like... Man, that would be tough to swallow as a high school kid. You watch these kids collapse on the ground and cry... You know, after they lose, it's just tough to swallow and think, you yeah. know, that kid goes back and watches the thing. And it, and it was, I mean, yeah, you know that you shouldn't have lost, but whatever. I love sports, guys. Sports are the best. Anyway. BYU is the best. Yeah. We beat Gonzaga. Have a fun week. We're going we're gonna to go to the tournament. We're going to win a game. <laughs> are we talking about the West Coast Conference tournament? I'm talking about all the tournaments. <laughs> okay. We're going to go to all the tournaments. I hope we win more than a game in the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's it, guys. Oh, hey, real fast, Trevor. I was just looking up a, a bracket projection. BYU is looking like a number 12 right now, mm-hmm. playing North Carolina in Jacksonville. Oh, baby. Yeah. You know I'm in on that. Yeah, I know you are. Anyway. Careful, Tar Heels. <laughs> Tread lightly. Anyway. All right, Tards. Thanks for listening. Trevor, tell, tell everyone where, where they can listen to or, or what they can do this week this while listening worse. to our show. Oh, you can listen to our show while you drive. You can listen to our show while you go to sleep. You could listen to the show in the shower if you had a Bluetooth um, uh, waterproof speaker in your shower. You could listen to the podcast in your car. We, we need to do this at the beginning. Every time I think about this, it's already too late. They've yeah, already listened. That's to true. It. Yeah, it's a, we're at the end of the show. So never mind. I, get, I hope you listen to it someplace. Yeah, if you listen to it, I mean, yeah, you found a place to listen to it. I, we have had one tweeted picture, no, two, two pictures of people watching, listening to the podcast. Except so one was we, one was pitch black. Well, you could, yeah. But that just means she was watching it in bed. Yeah, well, yeah. She took the picture in the dark. Mm-hmm. That's how loyal a follower of the <laughs> that she is. So, tweet at DeathStards something. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, tweet at us uh, where you're watching or Instagram at us where you are listening to the podcast. We would love to see it um, from you. Um, Instagram Jarris, a question. <laughs> at what are you at Jarris Hobbs yeah Instagram I think, no no I don't have any dots in there or periods or anything like that uh, okay time time to end now I'm going home bye bye Hey, B.
sure to follow Death Star D online. We got all kinds of ways. On Twitter, at Death Star D. On Facebook, that's facebook.com slash Death Star D. Send us an email, deathstard at gmail.com, or follow our website, deathstard.wordpress.com. Thanks for listening, Tards.